0: Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Thursday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always, that's always, causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. We win in Christ, and it is Thursday. I want to welcome you, tag a friend. Let them know that we're on right now. You can get us on Facebook, on YouTube, and also on Mike Moore Ministries. And we're transitioning over into Mike Moore Ministry. Listen, we've been teaching a series that I know is blessing you. And if this is your first lesson in this series. You can always go back on YouTube, Mike More Ministries, and pull back the previous lessons. We began a series entitled Winning the Marriage Game. Boy, this is a good series. It's an eight-lesson series. This is a good one. In fact, if you are married, I am convinced that it will take your marriage to another level. If you're struggling in marriage, I want you to go back and listen to all the lessons and it'll rectify some things, correct some things, bring into alignment some things so that you can have a mutual fulfilling uh, marriage. Now, this is lesson eight of the Eight lesson series so we're going to conclude in this lesson I don't have time to go all the way back but in our sixth lesson seventh lesson and this eighth lesson we begin to talk about sex and we said and entitled this portion of the teaching sex is not a spectator sport it is not a spectator sport. So in lesson six, we talked about God's plan for sexual relations in marriage, and we talked about the sexless marriage. In lesson seven, we talked about spiritual solutions to the sexless marriage and spiritual solutions to having a strong, healthy uh, sex life in marriage. In this final lesson, sex is not a spectator sport. We want to talk about the practical side, the practical side of good sexual relations between a husband and a wife. Now, this practical side, uh, our goal is to elevate your sexual IQ. I want to elevate or raise or enhance your sexual IQ. For example, in the uh, area of sports and basketball, The Golden State Warriors defeated the Boston Celtics this past season and became NBA champions. Now, both teams, the Celtics and the Warriors, had great talent on both teams. The difference between the Golden State Warriors was not talent, not that they had more talent, but they had a higher level of basketball IQ. So they were able to leverage their talent in a greater way, and they won the championship. Well, I believe that it is having a high sexual IQ that will cause us to win in this particular area. And in this one lesson, we're going to cover 10 areas. And since it's 10 areas, you know we're not going to be able to spend a whole lot of time on each area. But we want to give you some insight I believe that will help you in your sexual experience. Remember now, I'm not trying to govern, oversee, dictate your bedroom. That's not my goal. I just want to share some things that the Spirit of God has put on my heart to bring a high level of understanding that I think will be a a benefit uh, to you. Now, let's look at these 10 areas. I'll give you an overview and we'll go- come back and look at each one. We're going to talk about in this session, number one, attitude. Number two, we're going to talk about communication. Number three, we're going to talk about differences. Number four, we're going to talk about types, T y p s types. Number five, we're going to talk about conditions. Number six, we're going to talk about triggers. Number seven, we're going to talk about tips. Number eight, we're going to talk about the senses. Number nine, we're going to talk about foreplay. And then number 10, we're going to talk about the number one goal. The number one goal that you both must have to have a good sex Life Now, let's let's begin. Let's talk about attitude. There are two different attitudes that you can take into your bedroom. And we're going to find out sex has to happen other than just in your bedroom. But there are two attitudes. There's the sense of entitlement. Or there's a sense of gratitude. Sense of entitlement. Sense of gratitude. Now, sense of entitlement is a, a sense of feeling that your spouse owes you. It is a sense of of being self-absorbed, self-centered, demanding. You're demanding, you owe me sex. You're my wife, you're my husband. I'm entitled to it. Now, I I think that that's not going to be the best attitude to take into your sexual experience. How about a sense of gratitude? sense of gratitude is a feeling of being thankful. I'm thankful that you're my spouse. I'm thankful that we have this opportunity to spend private time together. I'm appreciative of all that you do. A sense of, in, uh, uh, of gratitude creates uh, kindness and, and it creates warmth. Now, whenever a person approached their spouse with a sense of entitlement, the motivation is going to be obligation. I owe my husband sex. I owe my uh, wife sex. And when you're motivated by obligation, it's hard to sustain the focus, the attention, and the desire for the experience. And you find yourself just doing it. So attitude is so very, very important. Let's talk about number two, communication. The Bible says in Genesis 4, 1, it says, now Adam knew Eve. Now, when it says knew, in that context, it was talking about the sexual experience. But I'm convinced that they had to talk because communication is so important in having good sexual relations. Communication, two levels of communication. There's general level where you talk, that's good, open, safe communication where you talk about your opinions about sex. You talk about your concerns about sex, your values about sex. You talk about your challenges. You may talk about your past uh, sexual experience, the problems that you had in the past, because sometimes those problems come over into our present. So when we talk about communication in a general way, we're just talking about those areas that really matter To you in a general way, like, for example, your insecurities, how you were taught about sex growing up. But once you talk in a general way, you have to talk in a specific way. Specific communication includes how you like to make love, how you like to start it. What do you enjoy? How and where you like to be touched. Areas of your body that brings you joy, how you, uh, what you want more of, what you want less of, and how you like to conclude the experience. Your spouse should not have to read your mind. You're supposed to communicate with each other. You're supposed to say what you like, say what you don't like, and you need to talk about that and you need to negotiating. You need to come to compromises. All that is done through communication, and the key to healthy communication is to remove the shame out of your relationship, the shame. The Bible says that Adam and Eve were one, and they were naked, And they were not ashamed. You wanna, you wanna develop a communication. And some people, it's so hard for them to talk about sex. Some men, it's hard to talk about sex. Some women, it's hard to talk about sex. But you have to develop your communication and it has to be open and it has to be transparent and it has to be safe where there's no judgment and no criticism. It has to be empathy and understanding. And then if you're husband is struggling, maybe with a problem area, maybe he's struggling getting an erection, or he's struggling with premature ejaculation, and, but he, because there's no shame in the relationship, then he can talk to you about it, and you can help him alone, and maybe you're, you're a wife that has a low sex drive, and maybe it's related to a past experience. Maybe it's related to abuse in her past. Well, you can help her navigate through that if you're communicating, or maybe it's just a hormonal situation, but communication is so very Very important if you're going to have a healthy sex life. It has to be general communication, but it has to be specific communication. Number three, let's talk about differences. Differences. Remember, sex is not a spectator sport. It's a team sport, but you are different. Now, listen at this. Men usually need sex to feel valued. When a man doesn't get sex from his wife, he doesn't feel valued. Now, on the other hand, women usually have sex when they feel valued. Now, see the difference? Men need sex, usually need sex to feel valued. But women usually have sex and want sex and desire sex when they feel valued. Talk about differences. Men are like microwave ovens. Don't take them long to get up. Doesn't take them long to get hot. Okay? But women are like crock pots. Women most women, maybe not all, but most women, sexual pleasure gradually builds. Now, understanding differences are so very important. So let's center in on the guys for just a moment because it don't take much for us to get all excited. But let's center in on the wife. And we're talking about differences. For most women... Sex is part of a larger pattern of feeling, love, and value. Now, what does that mean? For women, sex is usually a part of a larger pattern of feeling, love, or value. In other words, for women, sex begins outside of the bedroom. It begins before you get physical. It begins in the relationship. So if the relationship is off, if you're not treating her with tenderness and love and compassion and kindness, she's not going to want you. She's not going to get up for you. Research says that two-thirds of women cannot have an orgasm through intercourse alone. Now, that you may not fall into that two-thirds, uh, women or ladies. You may not fall into that two-thirds. And so that's where you're going to communicate. You're going to tell your husband, I don't fall in that two-thirds. But research says that two-thirds of women cannot have an orgasm through intercourse alone. Now, if that's true for your wife, and and that's where communication comes in, then you have to shift your thinking, guys, from focusing on the results of a stimulation to focusing on the process of pleasure. In other words, you can't think the end. You got to start thinking process. Okay, process. What is it going to take for her to reach orgasm? And for many women, it's not going to be sexual intercourse. It's not going to be just you penetrating them with your penis. Okay? Now, now I pray, you know, and I ask God to help me to not be crass or vulgar, but in our last session I said that we're talking sex, so you may not want your kids to be in this session. Because this is adult material So we've talked about Attitude we've talked about communication. We've talked about differences Now number four, let's talk about types types of sex and there are all kinds of different types of sex There's spontaneous sex. There's scheduled sex There's stress relief sex. There's quickie sex. Variety, as they say, is the spice of life. Spontaneous sex is sex that just happened is unplanned. Scheduled sex is planned sex. And I think every couple should have your time when you get together your time when you get together. It is scheduled. It's on your calendar. you got something to anticipate. you got something to look forward to. You're going to carve out the time, carve out the space through this scheduled time. And don't think that's not healthy. It is healthy because we schedule everything that's important in our lives. We schedule work, we schedule things with our kids, we schedule activities. So we should schedule time of sex with our spouse. So there's spontaneous sex, scheduled sex. Stress relief sex is simply sex uh, that helps you to relax. And, and it's something about sex. It releases hormones and chemicals that relaxes you, helps you to sleep better. And then there's quickest sex. That's that hurry up sex. And, and, and you're, not, you're not spending a whole lot of time. But it can be fun if you both enjoy it. If, 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 because every sexual experience doesn't require intercourse, You're going to have different ways of turning each other on, and it only works if you both enjoy it, Uh, but it should not. That quickie sex should not be the primary way that you engage in sex, but it can be fun if it's just a quickie, quickie, quickie type sex. Okay, let's talk number uh, five about conditions conditions, things that make you comfortable in the sexual experience. Well, timing, time of day, time of night, timing is very important. When are you most comfortable? What time of day is best? Timing is very important to the sexual experience, I mean, if it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you've had a long day in work, that may not be the right time. It may not be the right time right at the end of a day of work. So you got to think timing. Number two, state of restlessness. State of restlessness. You know, this is interesting. Sometimes... Now, here again, I'm not trying to be a governor of your experience talking to singles. Now, when you're engaged and you set up time where you're gonna get married, usually you get married and then you go on your honeymoon. And if your honeymoon is connected right Next to your getting married, and there's no lap, no gap in between there, it cannot be a blessing. Your first experience with your spouse cannot be a, a, a blessing, because you went through all that time and day and this and receptions and this and that, and about the end of the day, you're in the hotel with your new bride, and you, you, you tired. So it may even be helpful to just spend a night sleeping with each other, and then you refresh the next morning, and you can go for it because restlessness or a titness is very important. Cleanliness, talking about conditions. You don't want to be having sex with somebody stinking. you know what I mean? You take a shower. Being clean is very important. Privacy. You don't want your kids running all around uh, when you're trying to have whoopee, whatever you call your sexual experience, Uh, hooching, whatever you call your uh, sexual experience. So conditions. Number six, triggers. Let's talk about triggers, actions, or environments that turn you on. Triggers, what actions, what environments turn you on? Is it music? Put you some music on. If that's a trigger, put you some music on. If it's your love language, some people is their love language, and we talked about that. Affirmation turns them on. Uh, some people, quality time turns them on. Some people, acts of service. Sometimes people, physical touch turns them on. So what's your trigger Is it music? Is it love language? Is it body pampering? Is it a massage? What turns you on? Is it flirting? Is it looks? Is it words? What turn you on? Is it a vacation spot? Privacy? What turns you on? Think about your triggers and talk about those triggers and be intentional about helping each other get turned on. Let's look at number seven. Let's talk about tips. Some tips. Remember now, I'm not trying to manage, control, govern your sex life. These are just tips, not mandates. Change in location can be healthy. Not just having sex in the bedroom. Different positions can be helpful in their sexual experience. Change in time can be helpful in a sexual experience. Alternating who is going to initiate can be helpful. Kissing can be helpful, or kissing more can be helpful. Touching or touching more can be helpful. Talking about tips, or you can take a vacation. You heard of a vacation. What about a sexcation? Or a time where you maybe go to a hotel. It can be a hotel in your city. It can be a hotel out of your city, and you're going to spend time enjoying your Sex life. I mean, that's what you. It's a sexcation. Maybe you go to a spa resort, or maybe you, or maybe you uh, uh, go somewhere else, and it is a sexcation. You're gonna spend that time, and sex is going to be what you're gonna be doing during that time. Just a tip for you. Let's talk number eight about the senses. I hope that this is helping you. The senses. The senses. S-E-N-S-E-S, senses. We got five basic senses. The sense of sight, hearing, taste, touch, and feeling. The senses. The senses are the gates of sexuality, mental engagement, and sexual fulfillment. i say that again. The senses are the gates of sexuality, mental engagement, and sexual fulfillment. Married couples should engage all of their senses in the sexual experience, which would include sight, your eyes. Sometimes just the environment, the room, can make a difference in the sexual experience. How you dress, maybe. How you dress, maybe not. Having anything on. It's just what helps you in terms of your senses. You want to engage your sense. Your sight. You want to engage smell. Sometimes incense. Sometimes perfume. The nose. You want to engage your senses. Touch. That's your hands. You want to use your hands and taste. That's your mouth. You want to use your mouth in the sexual experience. Then hearing. That's music or words, or sounds, and sometimes it can be just silence. But you want to engage all of your senses in the sexual experience. Let's look at number nine. Now, these are 10 practical, practical insights to good sexual relations. And so let's look at number nine. Number nine is foreplay. Now, I know when you hear the word foreplay, you're talking about touching the person in a certain place and doing... No, I'm not even... That's not where I'm going with foreplay. That's important. It's important to have foreplay in your sexual experience. But I want you to listen at this because this is going to be a different twist to the foreplay. Now... Foreplay is a key to great sex. Foreplay is a key to great sex. Sex, here's the point now. Sex is not about scoring. It's about relating. Sex is not about scoring. It's about relating. So when I say foreplay, I'm saying foreplay involves everything that precedes the sexual experience. How you relate to each other outside of the bedroom. How do you relate to each other before you get to the bedroom? How you relate to each other before you take your clothes off. That's what I mean by foreplay. Non-sexual touching during the day is what I mean by foreplay. Kindness during the day is what I mean by foreplay. Eye contact during the day, attention to each other during the day, respect for each other, warmth during the day. When you have that kind of foreplay, it prepares you for the physical side of the experience in the bed or wherever you're having sex. So number nine, foreplay. And then number two, number 10. Number 10, the number one goal of your sex life and the number one goal of every experience sexually every time you engage in sex with your wife or engage in sex with your husband there is a number one goal now listen at this the highest goal of the sexual experience is to give your spouse pleasure, to give your spouse pleasure. When each spouse attempt to give pleasure rather than seeking pleasure, they both will give and receive pleasure. Now, I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that again. When each spouse attempt to give pleasure rather than seek pleasure. So your goal as a husband, your goal as a wife, in each one of these experiences is to give your spouse pleasure. So when each spouse attempt to give pleasure rather than seeking it, they both will give and receive pleasure. Now listen at this. When each spouse demand to receive pleasure rather than give it, then neither will give nor receive or receive. I'll say that again. When each spouse demands you going into this experience, you demand to receive pleasure rather than seeking to give it, then neither will give nor receive. The key is to make your desire secondary. Now listen to this. The key to make your desire secondary your focus, husband. Your focus, wife, is to only give your spouse pleasure. Now, think about that. Now, let's 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 let's, let's think about that. So, my desire is to give my wife. I'm married. Been married for forty four years. So, my desire should be to give my wife pleasure, not to get it not to get it, to give my wife pleasure. Her desire should be to give me pleasure, not to get it. Now, listen at this. Luke six thirty eight. Yeah, we back to the Bible. Says, give and it shall be given unto you. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall it be given to you? Now, listen at this. When Christians' couples focus on receiving rather than giving, They will not give or receive. Let's think naturally. Let's think naturally. Giving finances. If my focus, according to Luke 6.38, is on receiving finances rather than giving finances, then I'll not give because my focus is not on that. And I'll not receive it because I don't have any seed in the ground. Now, listen at this. In every sexual encounter with your spouse, your focus, your goal, should be to give and not receive. And that's what we teach. We teach that all the time in our churches. We teach that uh, in in our uh, series on giving. The focus is on giving, not getting. When the focus is on getting, you're not going to give because your focus is not on giving. And you're not going to receive because you don't have any seed in the ground. So the principle works even in the bedroom. If your focus is on giving pleasure, then you will give, but you'll also receive. Now, I I think this is some good, good stuff. So I want to review as we close. We talked about the practical side of of a good sexual relations. And we talked about attitude, number one, communication, number two. We talked about differences, number three. We talked about types, number four. We talked about conditions, number five. We talked about triggers, number six. We talked about tips, number seven. We talked about the senses, number eight. Foreplay, number nine. And we talked about the number one goal. Now, I pray that this has been a blessing to you. Now, this concludes our Winning the Marriage Game series. Eight lessons We talked about the goal of marriage. We talked about team uh, work in marriage. We talked about partnership in marriage. We talked about communication in marriage. We covered a lot of territory. And you can go back on YouTube, go back on Mike Moore Ministry, and you can pull back up this, these series. And I want to encourage you to do that. Go back over it. And I promise you, even if you've listened to all eight of these lessons, you're going to hear something you didn't hear the first time. I trust that you've been blessed. And I know that God confirms his word with signs following. And I just speak now, blessings over your marriage, increase over your marriage, success over your marriage, wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, the favor of God on your marriage. And I pray that you have a mutual fulfilling marriage. And those of you that may be struggling in your marriage, I break division. I break the power of confusion. I break the power of pride. I break the power of ignorance. I break the power of stubbornness. I break the power of of, of unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment, and I loose you to hear the Word of God, and I loose you to receive that Word, and I pray that God confirms this Word in your life in Jesus name. Thank you so very much for spending this time with me. And I pray that the rest of your week be successful in Jesus name. I'll see you next time. And we're going to start on something new next time.